I think what's going to stymie this one is him not being on the board anymore at 41. I hate to burst your bubble, but Titans fans aren't the only ones that are really, really excited about Darnell Washington. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast for Tuesday, March the 28th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. And if you're watching this show, we've got some explaining to do, but I'll get to that in a minute. First, I have to introduce my lovely companion, producer JT. JT, how are you on this Tuesday? Uh, I'm good, you know, as well as I can be, trying to get back on track um finally doing the mock draft episode but yes it it still continues to evade us for just reasons out of our control seemingly none of these we've been able to on our house man exactly but we're doing it today so we are and i'm super excited so if you've been listening to the show as you should be you know we've been talking about this since last monday it's been over a week now that we've been hyping it up never intended for that to be the case intended for it to be last friday and then internet caused that not to work and then intended it for for it to be first thing on monday or excuse me on monday on live stream and then unfortunately we had a really terrible thing happen here in nashville in the green hills area there was a shooting if you're unfamiliar with it you've been living under a rock at this point um but you can google it and this is not a news show so we're not going to run that down other than just to mention that's the reason why we pushed the show We've announced that on Twitter, but if you are wondering where a Monday show was, this is the Monday show, first thing, Tuesday morning. Hopefully you're listening, and uh, we are uh, extending our sympathy, thoughts, prayers to everybody involved in that. I, I I know it was a super scary thing for a lot of people, and got to commend the, the emergency response folks who I think saved a lot of lives responding to that really swiftly, and um, it's just a really terrible situation that's really close to home. And nobody wants to ever have to even imagine what some of those parents had to go through. And so we, we're just, we're thinking about them. That's the reason why we're doing the show today. We're going to put that aside for now, not behind us, because obviously it's still weighing heavily on everybody's hearts and minds. But the world does continue turning and the mock draft season is upon us and the draft is not getting any further away. In fact, it is getting closer by the day. We're recording this on Monday. I think it's one month, right? I was about to say, we're recording this on Monday night, and it is 6.37 p.m. I think we're like almost exactly to the hour, one month away from the first pick being in, which we're going to talk about today. But yes, we've got our Mock Draft 1.0 episode. Excited for this. I've been sitting on it for a week now. It is an article that I've been working on in conjunction with this podcast over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. So if you want to read that, it should be available for you, and uh, if not yet, it will be soon. Make sure to go check that out, because everything we talk about in the show today will not necessarily be in the, the article, but everything I wrote in the article isn't necessarily going to be in the show today. So if you want the comprehensive view, you got to go and check that out. Hey, drink, because I dropped a pen. Um, now, if you're wondering where I am, this is uh, the office in my my childhood home. This is my dad's office. I had to commandeer because... I still don't have internet at my house. It's been JT. Do you want to you want to guess? Because earlier today I was so fed up with this, and it was it got to the point of amusement. I went through my phone log and counted up the length of each phone call to see like how many hours of phone calls with tech support had I been on between Xfinity and Netgear. You want to guess how many hours were the phone calls in the past five days I've been on for my internet? 
See, I think you have a couple lengthy phone calls, so I'm going to go like six and a half hours. Yes, yeah, seven, just over seven hours worth of phone calls. Um, just for us today, the conclusion today was that the router is just, it doesn't work anymore. So I got to get a new router um, that they're sending to me. You don't care. I understand that. But that's the reason why I'm here in my dad's office. Shout out dad for letting me <laughs> come over and uh, do the show from here. Uh, it's a very studious background, but it is one that will suffice for today's purposes. And um, yeah, so that's why I'm here. Hopefully we'll be back in short order by the end of the week at my home studio. We have got to, we've got to start out here by explaining. I did, it's kind of a, a twofer here. We've got the first round mock, right? Your traditional mock draft. I've gone one through 31, only 31 picks this year in the first round because the silly old Dolphins had to go and tamper with Tom Brady. We've got the first 31 picks. I want to talk about a lot of those guys. We'll go through it. What we think, what I think, it, well, I think it's all good, actually. JT's going to poke holes. We're going to debate, discuss. Maybe he'll call me a genius here or there. He'll think it for sure. He might bite his tongue, though. We, uh, we'll go through some of those guys. And if you're wanting to just kind of get a baseline on the, the best of the best in this draft class, the blue chipper first round guys, we're going to kind of go through those one by one. Not going to spend a ton of time on each guy because we do plan on doing two, maybe three. In an ideal world, I'd like to do this mock draft 1.0. And then in two weeks, 2.0. And then the week of the draft, we round it out with our final prediction the three point my, my final prediction the 3.0 mock draft so if we talked about every guy in depth now we'd have nothing to talk about then and also we have like 15 other draft related shows to do between now and then where we're also going to talk about those guys so we'll talk about bits and pieces here and there we'll we'll cover it all in detail and then the real lead here not to bury the lead seven round titans mock we're going to go into detail on each of those players and why I think the Titans should be very interested, why I think they'd be a great fit for the Titans. So, JT, we got some graphics. Let's start out with the first round. We'll start at the beginning. Our first round mock draft here, if you wouldn't mind running down my first six picks. All right, here we go. Let's jump into Easton Freeze's mock draft 1.0 with the Carolina Panthers having the first overall pick. And with that first pick, they will be selecting C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State meaning the Houston Texans get their pick of the litter of the rest of the three. They'll be going with Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. The Arizona Cardinals will be taking the first defensive player off the board, going with Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama as well. Alabama back-to-back. The Colts getting a quarterback of their future with Anthony Richardson out of Florida. The Seattle Seahawks going with Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. And Christian Gonzalez going to the Lions from Oregon. Yeah, so I'll, I'll break down these a little bit. And then, JT, if you have any thoughts, comments, we can we can go to. Just stop me on each guy if you have some input. But with Stroud, at the top of this draft, it is really a matter of what what wins over the, the Panthers' decision. Is it the head coach? Is it the owner? Is it... The quarterback coach, who famously had a very firm, firm handshake and back pat with old C.J. Stroud at the Ohio State Pro Day. I, I think that Frank Reich wants C.J. Stroud. He wants a big guy. Like, we've talked about this, the the history with Frank Reich as a, a quarterback whisperer, as he's gained the reputation for being, is with guys that are all really big fellas. It's Philip Rivers. It's Carson Wentz. It's these dudes that are big. That ain't Bryce Young. We've talked about this. If there's a flaw with Bryce Young, it is 
number one through 10 on his flaw list is size, 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 size. Stroud doesn't have that issue. He's a big guy. Um, Stroud comes in at, let's see here, CJ Stroud, 6'3", 214, um, whereas Will, not Will Anderson, his teammate Bryce Young comes in at just 5'10", 204, a very fake 204, which we've covered in the past, Um, a juiced 204, a competitive eating 204. Stroud is a guy that I think fits with the new head coach there in Carolina, but the owner pretty clearly, I think, wants Bryce Young. And if I'm having to put my money down on who wins, ultimately, it'll be the owner if he's hard-nosed about it. So, like, I think if they drafted today, it'd probably be Bryce Young. But I think as as you get closer to the draft, as Frank Reich and his his cronies have time to kind of work the owner a little bit, they prove, you know, put together some some tape packages that are a little little higher on CJ Stroud, maybe some low lights for Bryce Young, gaslight him into being convinced to give him the green light for CJ Stroud. I really do think that's who they end up going with, but really, and I'll make this a Stroud and Young take, you could flip a coin, which order these guys go one and two as of right now. And listen, we're a month out. I think a month out last year, the consensus number one overall pick was Aiden Hutchinson, and he was not the guy who ended up going first. So things can change, right? We, I think, uh, Iki Aquanu was had pretty decent. I think he had better odds than Trayvon Walker to go first overall this time last year. So a lot can happen, but I think it's Stroud Young one two, and I think Stroud fits better with Carolina. I think they end up going with Stroud, but you could flip them, and it wouldn't shock me at all. With the Texans, I went Young just because he's the next guy that I, I think the Texans probably plan on taking either Stroud or Young, whichever one is there. Although there is there is an element with Stroud where. His representation, his agent, has a history now with the Texans of moving players out of Houston and not in. He's almost exclusively had players moved out of Houston to greener pastures, and he's not been signing with the Texans. The Texans, I believe, have come out and said that we don't like we have a final relationship with this agent. We don't, there's nothing stopping us from doing this. But if you read the tea leaves, it kind of seems like they'd be less likely to end up going Stroud, and so Young falling into their laps would be great. With the Cardinals, I, with this first one, I don't know if in future mocks JTL end up having guys move anywhere. Uh, excuse me, teams move, trades in the first round. But um, for this one, I just did a straight first round, no trades. And so I went with the player that I think they'll see as the best player available, asterisk, safest best player available, Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. He was the consensus number one overall pick after his – I think freshman year last season, and then had kind of a down year statistically still in one, a one B defensive player in this draft, according to most. And I think that's who they end up going with in Arizona. You get a defensive head coach over there in uh, Gannon now gets to have a defensive stud to start building his team around with the Colts thought long and hard about whether or not they go with Levis here or Richardson. And maybe you disagree. Maybe we have some conversation on this one, but I ended up going with Richardson, and here's the reason why. I just felt like if Shane Steichen, the, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, who is now the Colts head coach, while Levis could be the easy pick, totally, like again, you could flip these and it wouldn't shock me at all. I think his just super athleticism, Richardson's, his, his crazy upside, one could argue maybe the highest upside of any, I mean, I would argue the highest upside of any quarterback in this draft, albeit a small window, you're a small target you're trying to hit with him. I think Steichen's the kind of guy, an offensive guru like he is, 
that's going to really salivate at the idea of bringing in an Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Amazing athlete, huge, big-bodied guy, fantastic, fantastic prospect. Now, is he a fantastic player? No, not yet. Could he be? He could. We just don't know. He's the biggest projection of these quarterbacks. But at 6'4", 244 with a 4'4", speed, and he's not even 22 years old, man, he's... I mean, I think maybe the single most impressive athlete at the quarterback position in terms of a prospect and in, in his erratic throwing tendencies on tape, I think a lot of coaches, including Shane Steichen, are going to look at that and know they are maybe they're wrong, but they're going to know in their heads. They're going to be confident. I can fix this guy. And I think Shane Steichen's exactly the kind of guy that's like, I can develop this guy. The Colts now have Garner Minshew as a, a bridge possibility there. and you have the, the opportunity really where they're at. You could go Richardson, project him to be, we're going to sit him the first year. We'll kind of, kind of putz around with Garner Minshew. And then if he's a hit, we think he's a hit. We'll start him next year. If not, we can have tanked and gone for another high draft pick the next year and maybe move off of him and try to cut our losses early. I just think there's so much promise there. And, and if, if there's a reason to go with Levis, really it's because you've got a guy in the front office who is barely hanging on to his job in Chris Ballard. He is, I think probably lucky for even being employed at this point. I'd imagine he's only still got his job as the GM of the Colts because he got on his knees and begged owner, old crazy uncle Jim Irsay, I, I will get you your quarterback. What we will draft. I've not, you've not let me draft my guy. I will get my guy. We will get the new franchise member Peyton member member uh luck those guys we've got the third one coming down the pike here and that's the the sell job he's been doing so i wouldn't be shocked if he's higher on a will levis uh, it wouldn't shock me at all just because levis may end up having kind of a mac jones quality to him he's not nearly as polished a player as mac jones was but he's more polished a player than richardson is while they're both projects i think in a decent situation levis could look all right in his first year if he's forced to play and if he's drafted by the Colts I'd imagine they were going they're going to want to play him so there's another kind of internal battle going on there but I had them going with Anthony Richardson ultimately but Tyree Wilson this is a dude that we'll talk about a lot I've already got we've got show topics planned for the future and I've already got him penciled in for like two or three of them because he's such an interesting interesting traits versus tape versus health evaluation but with Wilson, I mean, 6'6", 271, not even 23 years old now, his on-field testing is pretty ridiculous. Um, well, I, I misphrased that. His on-field uh, measurements at the Combine were, were ridiculous. He didn't do his on-field testing, if I'm not mistaken, because he's still rehabbing from a foot injury that derailed his last year in college. But... 86 inch wingspan that's seven foot two by the way sideways I mean, ridiculous reach for an edge rusher he's built like the madden prototype for an edge pass rusher if you were to make one in the lab i i think that he's going to entice a lot of teams i think that here at five that's where seattle goes if it weren't for the things that had come out about jalen carter around or actually right at the combine he would have been gone by now and he certainly would have been gone at five by the the Seahawks, but because we just don't know and teams may be hesitant 
about about him for from an off the field standpoint would not shock me at all if Tyree Wilson ends up going as high as five here to Seattle and they add a nice edge rusher. Rounding out this top six, I went with Christian Gonzalez, who I think is the best cornerback pound for pound in this draft class. He's my cornerback one. And while the Lions added at the cornerback position this offseason already, I do think they need to add more. Um, I think that they really could use a guy opposite um, the folks that they already have there in town. Uh, They already added Darius Slay, if I'm not mistaken, which is a really nice addition. But I think that this is a uh, – wait, what did I just say? Darius Slay? Is that who I said? He left the Lions. He didn't join the Lions, Yes, right? he did. He, he he left the Lions for the Eagles, whereas C.J. Gardner-Johnson C.J. Gardner-Johnson left, left it. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it's been a long one already. Um, yes, other way around. They've already added help in the secondary with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They need they need more for sure. And uh, who's the – who is the, the very high-round draft pick who's playing corner for them? His name Jeff is Jeff Akuda? Yes, Jeff Akuda. They need a guy opposite him. I think Okuda, ideally, you'd like him to be in your cornerback two role, um, at least give him some time to gain some confidence. He's had a really rough start to his career. Showed some really nice stuff on tape last year. I was impressed with him. I thought that he was going to be a bust until last season. If he can pick it up and be a really nice two complement to the one in Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, that's awesome. I mean, Gonzalez, 6'1", 197. He's got the size you're looking for. 4'3", speed. He's not even 21 years old yet, 11 foot one broad jump. These are all very, very high percentile uh, testing numbers for the sophomore cornerback out of Oregon. I like him a lot. I think he's the best corner, most versatile quarter in this draft. So that's where I went at six. All right, JT, what are your thoughts on these guys before we move on to the next six? This might be the only time this episode that I say this, but I really do like your first six here. I, I, I think there, I think there's a lot to say. I think where you get into, of course, the Colts could go with Will Levis. It seems like there's a universe where another team gets really hungry to go up at, to number three, and they might might like one of these two guys, and they get win that someone's going up to three to get them. So it might well, be we may very bidding. well live in that universe. It might, I mean, that's might, a very real possibility. A bidding war where the Colts have to trade up just one spot to get their guy. But hey, considering we're doing uh, no or limited trades in this one here. Um, I, I like the first four. I think five through eight is where you get kind of a little uh, sketchy. Any of these guys could go anywhere, right? I think Tyree Wilson is, for me, Tyree Wilson is a guy that I think Seattle just likes. I know he's a little bit older, and like you said, he's just got the build of an edge guy, a guy you want on your defensive line, and I think that's what Pete Carroll really likes. I also could totally see Pete Carroll being able to whip Jalen Carter in the shape, and he becomes a great defensive lineman for that team very dominant and to be clear if i'm the gm of a team i'm drafting jalen carter even with what we know now 10 times out of 10 before tyree wilson 10 i think that tyree wilson at five is way too rich for my blood and to leave jalen carter on the board is ridiculous but it's kind of what i think that the seahawks are leaning towards doing and also a, a counterpoint like do the lions need more help in the secondary yes but was their defense also very abysmal last year even with aiden hutchinson and putting jalen carter on that line makes them monstrous absolutely like True. he could go anywhere if between... they were to do that they'd have to just adopt the titans defensive model and say our secondary doesn't matter it's it, exactly. if we win with the pass rush we win if we lose with the pass rush we lose and that's fine it's, you can win that way in the nfl but I think they're going to be interested in adding some secondary help because I think – I mean, they had two draft picks hit big time on that line. I'm totally blanking on the second guy's name. He was a later-round draft pick. 
but he ended up having like six or seven plus sacks this year last I checked as a as a rookie like fifth or sixth rounder alongside Aiden Hutchinson I kind of think they're going to expect those two to make a sophomore leap that's why I think they may need some help on the secondary but you're right they're kind of in a BPA situation at six Especially I could see them going with any another, guy there they have another pick in the later uh, first round so they can exactly. go with the best corner off the board and then go and get an interior guy with that later pick because it is a pretty deep interior class for at least the first round but let's move on to the next six picks here and with the seventh Good. pick the Raiders are getting their quarterback of the future to sit behind Jimmy G for at least it seems like two years maybe even three because that contract is pretty rich for it having is. Jimmy G Will Levis is going to the I was going to say Oakland again. I almost said it. The Las Vegas Raiders. It only counts at, if you do it. It only counts At if you number do it. eight, Jalen Carter finally falls to Atlanta, who has rebuilt that defense. At number nine, Paris Johnson Jr. off the board here, going to the Chicago Bears to build that line for Justin Fields. At number 10, another corner off the board, Joey, Joey Porter Jr. going to the Philadelphia Eagles. At number 11, the Titans take the very fascinating prospect in Peter Skaronsky. And at number 12... Just getting the attention of anybody that was, was sleepwalking through this. I just, that was the Titans one right there. Repeat that one. <laughs> number 11. If, you, if, number 11. if you're not paying attention, here's the time. Peter Skaronsky, the guard out of Northwestern, going to the Titans. And then with the 12th pick, the Houston Texans selecting for the second time in this first round, go with Lucas Van Ness, an edge rush, rusher out of Iowa. Yeah, so I'll break these down. Top to bottom, Will Levis to the Raiders is a very, very popular mock draft pick right now, which makes me think ultimately it won't happen just because it seems too good to be true. Whenever there's a consensus a month out, it almost never ends up falling that way. However, I do think for Josh McDaniels and the, the New England-ish vibe he's trying to instill over there in Las Vegas, Will Levis would fit. I think that he's the kind of guy that of these quarterbacks, he's not immobile, but he is the least mobile of the top four, in my opinion. Um, you might could argue with C.J. Stroud, but I think Stroud has more mobility than he lets on because um, you see flashes. And with Levis, you don't really see that level of flash all the time. He is mobile, though, and I think that that's going to appeal to, okay, who's the, the best guy in this draft who can pass? but I don't need him to be all that mobile. Oh, it's Will Levis? Cool. Josh McDaniels says, give me that guy, because that's just kind of the way it seems like they're headed. He's been running things in a very my way or the highway uh, way over there. And I, I think that Will Levis could absolutely be a great guy to put behind Garoppolo. It may depend on what they're trying to do this year. If they're trying to contend, they may decide to add one of those, just go best player available and, and BPA with a d defender or, a, you know, a cornerback or an edge rusher. Those are all defenders. Good job, Easton. Um, but but I could totally see that being the case there. If they don't go Levis, I just don't think that they're necessarily going to try to go all in this year. I don't see why they would. They're in a very crowded, I won't say stacked, because we said that last year, and then it was kind of underwhelming. They're in a very crowded AFC West that I expect to be just as good, if not better, this year in the regular season, just as competitive and crowded. And I think that they're quietly playing the long game here. And Will Levis would be the long game at eight. The Falcons, you're formerly your dirty birds before the Bengals got good again. And you returned to your Bengals fandom, the, uh, the dirty birds in Atlanta go with, I think the best defensive player in the entire draft, Jalen Carter. He's only falling this far in my mock 
frankly, because of what has gone on between the combine and today. It's not he, he didn't kill anybody. He's just didn't look great at his pro day apparently, and has had some issues with legal troubles with drag racing in the past. Uh, the past year that 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 all got kicked up around the combine. He had to leave the combine early, right before we were about to speak to him at the podium. And go down to, to Georgia to, I, I guess, serve his arrest warrant, be served his arrest warrant, uh, that he's, I guess, since gotten ironed out. I'll be honest, I haven't really paid a ton of attention to whether or not that legal situation is finished or not. But he's a guy that is the best player for my money in this draft class, uh, defender, that is, arguably the best player overall. I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, I yeah, he's just my best player overall. If I were to put together a big board, he'd be number one. Um, he's just better than, than Will Anderson, in my opinion, as a defender, just because of what he, I mean, he's not an edge rusher, but what he's able to do on the inside is really, really ridiculous. Um, I, I he's six, three, three, 14. He's, he's a nightmarish player that is, is going to, going to, I think be a day one can't miss blue chip hit number nine. Paris Johnson off the board. This is another guy who it was too good to be true. I tweeted it out in January, JT. Like, oh, Titans Twitter is, they are at a consensus already that they want Paris Johnson Jr. Tackle out of Ohio State at 11. Cool. That's way too good to be true in January. It's not going to happen. He'll be off the board by then or the Titans will go in a different direction. I think that's the, the the more likely than not case at this point based on the way that Johnson's been trending. He had his pro day alongside teammate cj stroud at ohio state this past week and a reportedly looked fantastic we thought he looked fan freaking tastic at the combine he's just got it he's one of those guys that uh, is a bona fide starting tackle in the nfl and i think that he's another one that is not necessarily a can't miss i don't want to say that about any offensive lineman necessarily but i'd be really shocked if five years from now he's not at least a decent starter on the offensive line, crazy measurables. Love his measurables, which, hey, I threw another pen. Man, I'm really bad about that. It's like my favorite activity. He, <laughs> his measurables come in at 6'6", 313. I think he has like the sixth biggest wingspan of any guy in the mock draftable database at the tackle position going back to 1999. So freakish dude. Great length, exactly what you want in a tackle. I think the Bears moved back to nine from one and get a starting tackle left or right for their future to protect their quarterback who they're rolling with at 10. Going with the next best cornerback off the board, Joey Porter Jr., in my opinion, to the Eagles. I think that the Eagles are just looking for a best player available situation here. If not, maybe a trade back. But Joey Porter Jr. would be a really nice addition to a defense that's been pretty depleted this this offseason. The Eagles definitely don't have a run-it-back championship roster going forward. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if they look to reload on defense primarily in this draft. That's where you'd imagine they would be looking. For 11, not going to spend a ton of time talking about it now because we're going to kind of double up. Well, well, no, we'll talk about it now and we'll skip over the first pick on the Titan 7-round mock. We'll do it that way. So we'll talk about Skaronsky now. Skaronsky is a guy who, no, you know what? I'm changing my mind because I want to go in depth and I don't want to delay us getting through this. So I'll double back. We'll talk more about him later. I think Skaronsky is the guy if the Titans stick at 11, 
I think they go Skaronsky over what a lot of people are wishing slash projecting them to do with Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. I think they go with a tackle here or, a, you know, an offensive lineman, depending on who you are. Many think that he is a, an interior guy. I think it's more likely than not that he's an interior guy. But if we've talked about this at length, and we'll talk about it more later, JT. It's the ultimate traits versus tape with Peter Skaronsky at Northwestern. Absolutely, I think, with a bullet, he is the best lineman in this draft, but there's positional value at play. And if you're going to go with a guy that you don't think can be a tackle, you think is going to be an interior lineman at 11, that's pretty bad player uh, positional value. At 12, I like Lucas Van Ness for the Texans. We liked him a lot at the Combine. They call him Hercules for a reason. He's got the golden looks. He's, he's just got a body for the NFL, man. He is built up rocked up in a big way his measurables are pretty ridiculous as well as i hunt for them um 62 uh just under four six 40 yard dash not 22 years old yet now he didn't technically start at iowa we've talked about this a little bit it's really only because iowa kind of old school they play their older senior players they start them ahead of the younger players, but Lucas Van Ness was on the field for the important snaps. Third and third and four, he's on the field, right? Fourth quarter, two-minute drill defense, he's on the field. Dude is a really freak athlete at the combine. He showed us that. Um, I, I I think that he's the second best Iowa product in this draft. You and I do because we're we're sweet on a little Jack Campbell out of uh, Iowa, the linebacker. But in reality, he's probably the best. Iowa prospect of the draft and I think the Texans could do well to add some some nice edge talent in the AFC South all right now tear it apart JT yeah once again there's not a whole lot that I don't uh, disagree with here I could see all this happening my biggest my biggest I guess gripe with this is that I think at 12 there while it would be nice for the Texans to get one of these blue chip defensive guys I think you look at what they have in the receiving department Mm. which is Besides just picking up Dalton Schultz, it's pretty much nothing. True. I think they could totally look to get one of these guys in the second or third round here. But when you have the pick of the litter, any wide receiver that you want, really, because I don't, I personally, I don't really see a wide receiver going in the top ten here. And of course, no. the Titans, the Titans could take the Titans a JSN, are really the first but, stop. But for if, if, if they imagine, do not, yeah. the Texans are going to be able to have whoever they want to match with their quarterback of the future. And I think that's just too tempting to pass up. I think they go with two offensive studs in the first round here and then worry about their defense later in the draft. They kind of have everything else on the offensive front, pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered with a bow. I mean, they've really reinforced that offensive line. They gave um, who who. Uh, bong mask man what is his name i can't even, i don't remember <laughs> oh, oh it's, i'm blank on it too it's escaping um, hang me on. We gotta oh look my gosh it. he just got he just got his bag and i don't know i have why. orlando brown stuck in my head for some i know me too i oh my god this is so embarrassing no this happens there's a lot of this, names. this, is, very, this is very embarrassing um but they but they traded for a guy I believe from the Buccaneers. So they, they got him. They signed Dalton yes. Schultz. They got their running back depth in Devin Singletary. All they're missing on that. Laramie, offensive Laramie, front. Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil. They're, they're, all they're really missing on that offensive front is a wide receiver. And while the wide receiver isn't 
wide receiver class isn't that great. I think it's better to take your guy with, without a doubt with uncertainty and go for the defensive side of the ball with the rest of the draft because it is a lot deeper on that side. Uh, totally fair. The, the reason yeah. that and I, I, I did, I debated Jackson Smith and Jigba or Lucas Van Ness here at 12 for the Texans. And what won out in my mind was, who's the coach? It's D'Amico Ryans. Defensive guy. I think he's willing to go quarterback at one, or at, at two rather, with their first first round pick. But after they've added that quarterback help, you just know this young, brilliant defensive mind is is looking to get his, some dudes on defense. And he's going to have a hard time, I think, passing up some of these blue chippers in the first round. And so he may be convinced to go Lucas Van Ness, but it would not shock me either way. Would not shock me either way. So we can La move on to the next couple yeah, yeah. Uh, that last, you have last issues thing with, I'll unless say you don't have here. any other issues. I don't, I don't have much issue here. I think the Bears are kind of a Swiss army knife. Might go best player available. Might want to take Paris Johnson Jr. there. Last thing I'll say is that I think the Eagles and this is like polar opposite sides of the spectrum right here. Like the Eagles either trade back with somebody because they love to just trade in that first round of the draft. They, they, they just love it. Or Titans fans they, know that they, they know, they, they know go, that good and good and hard. They know that they either trade back or they go with the absolute luxury of luxury and go be John Robinson at 10. Don't let anybody else get him. They either, I, I think honestly, they either don't let anybody else get him, get their luxury pick and take the, best player available defensively in the later first round, or they trade back to that 16-17 and still go ahead and grab a few picks and still take Bijan. I think this is a luxury spot for them. While they have some holes on the defensive side of the ball, they got a, they got a couple other picks, and this is a very deep defensive draft that I think they're just going to be fine with saying we lost Miles Sanders. I mean, we don't really have that many options. We have Kenneth Gainwell. We have Boston Scott. I think they signed another guy to a one-year deal that He's not like a showstopper. He's not going to wow you. But Bijan Robinson is by far one of the, if not the most athletic player in this draft. So I don't see why the Eagles don't up their offensive game there. But we can move on now. They, they, the... Pause, pause. I was like, yes. I think you're wrong. They did sign a showstopper, Rashad Penny. Oh, that's right. The now, it was a small hurt, smaller the guy contract. who gets hurt. And you know Rashad Penny. He'll be season. hurt by, by, by week two of the preseason. But... Now, now I'm 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 with you on paper, right? I'm with you that this is a luxury pick for them. They're a team that's pretty well put together. This is their second uh second pick in well, they have two in the yeah, they have two in the first round, I think. Mm -hmm. Um yep. and so it, it is a spot where if you wanted to go with one of the best I for me, just football players, a top three talent in this draft and Bijan Robinson running back out of Texas, you could. But who's the GM of the Eagles? It's Hallie Roseman. Super analytics guy, super sharp. He does the thing that's wise, not the thing that's fun or popular. And it's one of the big reasons why they got the Super Bowl last year. That roster's really well constructed. I just don't think he's got that in. I don't think he's got it in him, that old school mentality in him to go running back at 10. I don't think that he does. And this is a really deep running back class. And they just signed Rashad Penny, who's on paper supposed to be their starter, I'd imagine, because he's a very talented back. So that's why I ended up going with Porter Jr. Let's move on to the next six picks here. Number 13, the New York Jets are also going to get on the board here as the run on offensive linemen sort of starts to take shape as they take the tackle out of Georgia, Broderick Jones. The Patriots taking the last of the three top corners off the board here, going with Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Jackson Smith and Njigba, the first Wide receiver goes off the board here at number 15 to the Packers. 
A guy who's been rising up the boards here, Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland, going to the Washington Commanders. Darnell Wright, a guy who on, I believe, PFF's board and on the consensus board is around the 50 to 60 range, finds his way up here into the first round from Tennessee to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Nolan Smith, the defensive lineman from Georgia, goes to the Lions with the 18th pick. Yeah, so starting at the top here, 13, I go Broderick Jones to the Jets. Not a whole lot to say on this one. I like Broderick Jones. If you're looking for a mountain of a man, it's Broderick Jones, 6'5", 311 pounds. Runs a a sub-five-second 40 time, which I'm ashamed to say is notably faster than both you and I, JT. Shout out our NFL Combine Experience YouTube video where we went and ran 40s. If you want to see that, it's on Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page, which, by the way, you should be going to and subscribing anyways because there's a video version of this show where we have graphics for this show and many others. You go watch the show. You can see our pretty faces and our pretty graphics. We do a, a, a lot of work on the visual side here, so go and check that out as well as listening via podcast. And if you only listen to the videos, then go listen to the podcast. You need to mix and match. That's the way to do it. Roderick Jones I like a lot of things about Roderick Jones. He's a little bit more of a project for me at tackle than the, than the top two guys, but he's got the size absolutely for it. He is one of the chunkier, bigger guys you're ever going to see out on a football field, and he still has some explosiveness to boot. At 14, I went Devin Witherspoon to the uh, the the Patriots. Now, Devon is a guy – Is hang on. Is it Devin or Devon? I believe it's Devin. Okay, that's I'm just making sure. Although, I, although I I'm trying, I'm trying to go back in my brain when we were at St. Elmo's and he was the, at the table right behind us. I'm trying to remember if anybody said his name there. That's is true. I, I I cannot I cannot remember. I think it's Devin. I think it's Devin. I've heard Devin. I think it's Devin. Yeah. I'm just psyching myself out because I'm afraid. I'm I'm terrified of saying a prospect's name wrong for an entire draft cycle just for them to get to the NFL and then I hear Al Michaels call him by their actual name and being like, oh no. Um. So yeah, <laughs> Devin Witherspoon. I have him going to the Patriots. It's such a Patriots pick, man. You know, they love cornerbacks. They love d- defense up there. Old Billy B and and uh, the, the gang, his son, whose name is escaping me, who's got the really funny looking face, who runs the defense, um, who's a, a good coach. He just makes funny faces on the sideline. He, he's not he's not ugly. I'm not trying to besmirch him and his face. He makes very strange faces on the sideline. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I have them going with Devin Witherspoon, next best cornerback off the board. He's my cornerback three. I like his length. I think he's a freaky, freaky, freaky athlete. I like him a lot. And I think that he's the, exactly the kind of guy the Patriots want to get their hands on and use in multiple ways. At 15, finally, we get a wide receiver off the board, going with Jackson Smith and Jigba, JSN, out of, out of Ohio State. He is my wide receiver one in this draft for the bullet. Love him a lot. Like a lot of things about his tape, his his measurables are fine. I don't have a problem with his measurements, um, which I'm looking for here and not finding. Oh, there we go. Six foot 196. Um, we got his 40 time from the Ohio State pro day a couple of days last week, I believe. Um, yeah, alongside his his other teammate. And the man threw Ohio State players in the top 15. Nice, nice haul for Ohio State. Um, but I, I do think his 40 time came in at right around four five four four eight or something like that. It was a perfectly acceptable 40 time for a receiver. Speed, burner ability is not his game, so that was a perfectly fine number. He is a shifty route runner, very polished. He's the most polished receiver in this draft class, in, in my opinion. 
I think he's going to come in and be a day one starter for a team. And it'll be very funny to see the Packers after years and years and years, decades, literally the majority of our lifetimes, JT, we had Packers fans and Aaron Rodgers himself literally begging and crying and screaming and wailing and gnashing their teeth for an offensive player in the first round. And naturally, just when Rodgers leaves, we're assuming he's leaving, they go and get a first round receiver. So it'll be very funny and poetic in that way. At 16, I went with my, he's a, my, he's one of my guys. He's not my, my best corner. He's my cornerback four, but man, I'm tempted to put him over one of those top three guys. And by the end of the draft, I may just do it. I may just do it. Love Deontay Banks out of Maryland a lot. Very, very talented player. I want to look up his measurements because I know he ran, he and the other cornerback out of Maryland. I believe he at, was faster. Uh, I believe the other one, the other guy, I think his last name is Banks. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, no, the, no, Deontay's have, Banks. Uh, Ja'Cory Bennett. Yeah, Bennett, Bennett. Both B. Was, um, I think he was actually a little bit faster than he was. Banks. He was. He just doesn't have the body that Banks has. He put to the speed and the size together because Banks comes in at six foot, 197, 23 years old, 435 speed, total burner, can hang uh, against true xyz receiver i mean true x's but he can really hang anywhere um he's a super freak at corner he may be the most impressive just freak athlete and his tape is really fantastic posted a 42 inch vertical and an 11 foot four broad jump definitely a first rounder in my opinion i think that the consensus is slowly coming around on that we first talked about banks i remember on our overrated underrated or uh uh yeah over and underrated players episode with james foster our buddy uh like a month ago and that's what put him on my radar at the combine i know we were super impressed i've been impressed with this tape that i've watched i think that he's an awesome pick and washington can add a a really nice secondary player to a secondary that could use some help 17 i've got darnell Wright out of tennessee going to pittsburgh like this pick a lot for pittsburgh they need a right tackle darnell Wright is a for my money maybe the uh, no, he's the second best right tackle in this draft. I think he may end up coming away as the steal of the draft, as the fourth guy at the tackle position off the board in this mock. And I think it's very likely he's the fourth or later guy off the real board at the end of April. He could absolutely be, I mean, in terms of polish, dude's got it. He had a really nice um, year two seasons ago as I think a sophomore. I don't I, uh if you wouldn't mind looking that up for me, JT, what year? I'll look it up. I have a computer. He is a senior. Okay, so he was a junior last year. His junior year, he was really impressive, decided to go back to school, had an even more impressive senior year. If I, if I have to tell you one thing about Donnell Wright, JT, it's this. If you go watch the tape of Will Anderson Jr., the number, what was he, three player off, off of my board here, the only guy that really stoned him this past year that put him in the blender it was Darnell Wright. He made Will Anderson's day very, very unpleasant all day, really won that matchup. And that was the moment where you're watching the tape and you're like, whoa, 6'5", 333 pounds, 333 pounds. Coincidentally, another guy I think we talked about on that episode with James Foster a couple of weeks ago and James was talking about, and since I've watched the tape now, I agree entirely. Wright is a guy that just kind of seems like he's just messing around back there, kind of toying with his food. I like him a lot for Pittsburgh, who I think he'll fit the culture there quite a bit. Nolan Smith at 18 to the Lions. This is where I think they double dip and get their edge rusher that you were talking about them potentially going for in that first round. I think Nolan Smith is a guy out of Georgia who 
may end up being, well, I can tell you right now, in terms of athletic prowess, one of the freakiest athletes in this draft, 6'2", 238, ran a 4.39 as an edge at 238 pounds and 6'2". Um, it looked more like a wide receiver performance than an edge rusher. A 41.5-inch vertical and a 10-foot-8 broad jump. He's locked into the first round with those metrics. At Georgia, we've talked about this, defenders are really hard to gauge because Georgia has so many dudes. They can play defense in a way that's not really the same as what, what they don't ask their starters to do nearly as much as starters are asked to do in the NFL. Cause frankly, they don't have to, because they have an all-star team and at every position, they seemingly match up better than, than their opponent in every single week of, of the season. I think Nolan Smith could end up being a steal here at the end of the draft for the lions. If you put him and Aiden Hutchinson and the other guy who please I, while you're talking here in a second, I'm going to look him up because I keep disrespecting him by not knowing his name. Those three guys, very young stud edge rushers. The defense in Detroit could go from laughable to really, really scary pretty quick. Yeah, I once again, I think I only have a few things. I agree with Broderick Jones going to the New York Jets. I think they that's probably their biggest position of need, getting that offensive line ready for Aaron Rodgers to come to town. No, at number 14, uh, the only reason I have a problem with Devin Witherspoon going to the Patriots, I I, I'm not because I think I, I, I think he's a good player, but it's just his tape was just so crazy in 2022 that before that, it's kind of hard to see the consistency there. Um, not totally bought in, but also I just feel it in my bones that Lucas Van Ness is the perfect Patriot. So I kind of want him to go there instead. Mm, and he, that, that's he a, looks the part. He, he really does. Patriot for sure. He, if you're um, listening to this show right now, go Google Lucas Van Ness and tell me that doesn't look like a Patriot smile, Patriot face. Yeah. Him and Mac Jones could be good buds. <laughs> outside of that, I, I agree with the Packers at least going to get a weapon. I know that they're kind of lacking in the tight end department and there's some really good tight ends in this draft. I think they could also go and get, if they like Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid right there, I think since they lost Robert Tunyon, they have a big need there at tight end. They could go get one of those guys. But other than that, I think you could see them take a wide receiver there at 16. I think the commanders are truly in a spot to take best player available. And I think Deontay Banks perfectly fits that. The only thing I would say otherwise is that the Steelers, it, it might become a battle between who they like better between Darnell Wright and Dewan Jones. They're both huge guys. They're both big uh, offensive right tackles. I, I, it just maybe is the preference of Mike Tomlin that comes down to it. But besides that, really nothing else to say. And did you find the name of the guy you were looking for? No, I didn't, but I'm going to if we take long enough. Um, but until <laughs> then, we can go ahead and move on if that's yeah, right. We, we, can, we, can, we can move on here to our uh, penultimate. That's a, that's a fun word to use on the show Good today. Like two, more, two, more, two more slides here. Let's go with uh, Dewan Jones does not fall far as he goes number 19 overall to the Buccaneers. Quentin Johnson finally makes it off the board going to the Seattle Seahawks with their second pick of the draft. And of course, right after the Seahawks, we skip the Miami Dolphins pick. Sorry. Don't maybe don't tamper with uh, greatest of all time quarterbacks, I guess. Yeah. Sorry. At not 20, sorry, man. You tamper. At, get over it. At, at 21, the first tight end comes off the board. Michael Mayer going to the Los Angeles chargers. And we have a run on wide receivers now as Jordan Addison from USC goes to the Ravens and Zay flowers goes to the, uh, 
Minnesota Vikings. And then Brian Branch, another safety slash cornerback. Don't really know where he's going to shake out, but he came to the uh, combine wanting to be a cornerback. He falls to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, so this is where I think in the maybe late teens, early 20s, we start to see a run on wide receivers a little bit. I still think the bulk of receivers end up going day two. There's a lot of value there. But at 19, the Buccaneers, they're entering a full rebuild. They got to get some foundational players, and a foundational tackle is a great place to start. Great cornerstone to build your offense around. Best tackle available here is maybe the last tackle on the board Making sure, yeah, yeah, he's the last tackle on the board that I would take as a bona fide, not stud, but kind of last guy in that A tier, the the, the S tier of tackles, in my opinion. I think there's a, a relative drop-off in talent. But if I had to kick one out, if you told me your top tier could only be four guys, I would go with the four we've already mentioned and kick Dewan Jones out. I'm not super crazy on him. He's a senior his measurements are, we talked about the other Jones, Broderick, if you like that mountain of a man, Dewan Jones is the mountain of a man. He's one of the chunkier. So Broderick, if you had to describe the two, Broderick is the chunky one, not in a bad way, but like in a nice offensive lineman way. Dewan Jones is the mountain one. And I know I already describes Broderick as a mountain. That was really short-sighted of me knowing that Dewan was coming up here. Let me give you these numbers. Six foot eight. 374 pounds, tw- 21 and a half years old, 535, five, 40 time. He's never going to test like the rest of the tackles because he's the Hulk, he's actually the Hulk. And w- watching him walking around the combine was actually terrifying. His movement skills are really impressive for his size. Again, almost 400 pounder. This is a big fish, man. This guy's got it going on. He ain't missing no meals. He's a big, strong fella. He's essentially just going to be your, you can't you can't go through me, so you're going to have to go around me guy that you put on the end. And I think that uh, a big fellow like that in Tampa Bay could work really well. At 20, Quentin Johnson, second receiver off the board. The biggest body A-tier receiver, of really the only big bodied A-tier receiver in this draft. Quentin Johnson is a guy that comes in at, let's see. Johnson is, ooh, there's a naturally a ton of johnson's in the draft class um oh wait i'm saying johnson i keep doing this it's johnston people johnston there's a t in there quinton johnston i've said it ever since we've talked about it this whole draft class i'm never gonna i'm never gonna get it right six foot three 208 pounds 21 and a half years old uh junior out of tcu i like what he offers quite a bit on tape kind of boomer bust 40.5 inch vertical though, 11 foot two broad. <laughs> yeah, that's that will work with that. That's freaky athlete stuff. Rangy wide receiver one possibilities for him. Really a specimen player. It's just does the game translate to the NFL? One could argue he was catching passes from Max Duggan in college, which is a handicap in and of itself. Yards after the catch, really, really, really talented player. It's just a matter of can he develop as a route runner? And uh, I think that in Seattle, they could this is it's not necessarily a need pick as much as it is a if you can combine dk metcalf tyler lock on the outside and quentin johnson as your starting three wide receivers for newly paid geno smith you're cooking with something you're cooking with gas right there that is a nice nice group that can be a real threat and while the seahawks might have some other needs 
that they that they look to fill. I think that this is the right time to go all in on one position and really become dominant. At 21, Michael Mayer, first tight end off the board to the to the Chargers. Now the Chargers are a team this offseason desperately need talent to put around their star star quarterback in Justin Herbert and I think wide receiver is going to be tempting for them. But the way that the board fell, I just don't see them being enticed with any of these wide receivers more than they're enticed by Mayer out of Notre Dame, six foot four, 249 pounds, ran a four, seven forty. not a burner, probably not. Probably he's not the best receiving tight end in this class for my money, but he's the best all around tight end. He's a refrigerator of a man junior. Uh, he, he, he is a, a college junior four, seven second, 40 is, is something that is not great, but proved what we saw on his tape that, yeah, this guy can be a do it all. I hesitate to use Travis Kelsey as really a comparison, but in that mold of when he's on the field, you don't really know what's coming. And that's why I really like, um, having, having him to the, the chargers while he's not the, the deep threat, the downfield threat. If they retain some of those receivers they have that are already filling that role, then I think having a Michael Mayer as an outlet, uh, a bumbling, rumbling, going to run you over outlet, get you 15 yards after the catch, any given play outlet for Justin Herbert. That's a really, really nice thing to have. And so I like that pick a lot at 21 for the Chargers. At 22, this is one of the most, if there was a, if there was a team who I mocked their first round player, three times in a row, the same guy. If we do mock draft 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, it'd be Jordan Addison to the Ravens. I think that Jordan Addison is just such a Raven. It hurts. He's exactly the kind of guy that the Ravens would add. And that's kind of in a mocking tone from me because I don't love Jordan Addison. He's a smaller bodied guy who doesn't have a lot of burner abilities. So it's kind of concerning. He's 5'11", 173, ran a 449. I believe his pro day number ended up proving uh i think his pretty number improved on his combine it was a disappointing number at the combine for sure he didn't have a bad combine necessarily he just didn't do himself any favors really 34 inch vertical 10 foot two broad jump um those are both below average hundreds again 173 pounds and sub six foot like I, i need you to be a burner to be a first round receiver and and he's not he's just not his tape he's a pretty polished receiver i'd take him in early second, but I just, I'm much lower on Addison than most. So um, for that reason, I'm giving him to the Ravens who I think would be high on him because they seem to have a weird taste in receivers and they need some receivers, especially if they're not going to have Lamar Jackson around anymore. At 23, Zay Flowers, I have him going to the Vikings and boy, oh boy, do I think Zay Flowers would be a fantastic Viking. Their wide receiver room just lost a guy in Adam Thielen. Now I don't think Zay Flowers is an Adam Thielen style player. However, he's a guy that could very easily fill into the role that Thielen played alongside Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the best receiver in the league. Flowers is a guy that I wasn't high on really at all until we got to the, I don't think you were either JT. We got to the combine and it was like, dude got big five, nine, one eighty two. He was like at, I think it was like at 170 flat or 165 or something in college. And then he bulked up. For his NFL debut at 182, not crazy, but only 5'9 in a 4'4'2 speed. I like it a lot out of Boston College. He's not got a huge frame, but his tape doesn't lie. I think that he could be a really nice addition to play that slot role in Minnesota. And then finally, Brian Branch giving him to the Jaguars. 
the Jaguars need some help at safety. I think that Brian Branch is easily the best safety-ish. Now, I know he's been working out and he's been listed in different places as a, a cornerback transplant or a uh, convert, right? I, I think that Branch is trying. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a, he was a safety in college. He's trying to become more of a dual threat guy. We saw him play a decent amount of, of press safety or, or um, you know, play in the, in the slot in coverage in college. That's the kind of thing I could see him doing in the NFL, and that versatility is going to be nice for the Jaguars. So that rounds out 19 through 24. JT, any questions, thoughts, concerns? Not really. I think you could see a run on wide receiver there, and I think a lot of these guys make sense for a lot of these teams. So for the sake of time, let's keep on moving here to our final seven picks because of those pesky Dolphins here. Let's move on. And it's so un- it feels so weird. I hate it. I hate. Yeah, I hate that yeah, it's exactly gonna feel right. empty at the end of that night when we're live streaming. It's gonna be like, where's the thirty second pick? Why? And then the next day when number thirty two is first up, eh? No. Anyways, finally, let's get on to these final seven picks. The Giants taking the guard Osiris Torrance out of Florida with the twenty fifth pick. Dalton Kincaid going to the Dallas Cowboys to fill that vacant spot that Dalton Schultz leaves Bijan finally finding a home with a team that doesn't really like to run the ball. So we'd love to see how that, well, at least with their running backs, they don't like to run the ball. So we'd love to (laughs) see how that works out for the Buffalo bills. Anton Harrison, the tackle, I believe out of Oklahoma, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Goes to the Cincinnati Bengals, Jameer Gibbs, second running back off the board here, going to the new Orleans saints. Kalijah can someone who's risen up boards in the past month, going to the Eagles at the 30th pick. And with the 31st pick in the NFL draft in round one, Will McDonald going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so at 25, the Giants, I got Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Six foot five, 330, ran a 5-3-1 at the Combine. You're not drafting him because he's a freak athlete. Um, they kind of worrisome is a strong word. Like it's just a little bit for a first round guard, you'd like him to be more of a freak athlete. But on tape, there's good tape there. There, there, there's there's reason why people consider him to be a first round pick. Um, I ultimately wouldn't take him in the first round, but I think the Giants are really looking for the best available guard, best lineman. Maybe they're not. Maybe they look to add to that wide receiver room, but they've really bolstered it in free agency. So I don't know. Uh, that one. I, if I had to pick a first-round pick that I don't feel the best about, it's probably that one, Osiris Torrance of the Giants. I just didn't know really where to go with that one, um, and that felt like the best fit, maybe the best player available on their board. At 26, Dalton Kincaid, you're really just plugging and playing him in to try to replace the previous Dalton, Dalton Schultz, who's now uh, across the state in Houston. Kincaid, according to some, the best tight end in the class. Um, he's the second tight end off the board here. He's got... I, let me make sure I'm not. Con- I, I confuse Kincaid and um, uh, who, who's the other who, out of Oregon um, or Oregon State, rather. Uh, Luke Musgrave. I confuse those two for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's because I'm not really high on either of them uh, c- compared to the consensus. But Kincaid, if I had to pick one of the two, I'm definitely going Kincaid. 6'3, 246, uh, a senior. He came in to the combine and was fine. I was whelmed. I wasn't over or underwhelmed. Um, he didn't end up testing, but his, his measurements were fine. His podium availability was fine. He's just kind of blah to me, but the, the, 
the Cowboys need a tight end really bad. They need a tight end or running back really bad for this year, considering Tony Pollard's going to be hurt to begin the year. So I had them going with Kincaid. Bijan Robinson, I think that the Bills finally get them a guy that can take some running pressure off of Josh Allen. He's the best running back off the board. Wouldn't shock me if they go somewhere else because they're a team, again, their front office, Brandon Bean likes to go with guys that are better positional value than that. So that may be a little too old school for him, but I think they may pull the trigger because Bijan is just so tasty a prospect. He's really hard to let fall out of the first round. I don't think that they will. The, uh, the Bengals at 28, Anton Harrison is the first guy in that B tier of, or I guess a tier, the second tier of people that are uh, tackles in this class, people that are tackles. That was a very good way of putting that not convoluted at all. The second tier of tackles in this class, He's fine to me. His measurements are a little bit small for my liking um, for a tackle. 6'4", 315. That's not the concern. Um, his arm length is, is just fine. It's not awesome. He, he ticked every box at the combine. He's just not really a super special athlete. His pass rushing ability, though, the high-end pass rushing ability, uh, pass blocking ability, rather, he's not going to be rushing. He's going to be blocking the rushers should be really appealing to a team like Cincinnati who needs to continue to bolster their line. Jameer Gibbs is going to just, again, be another plug and play for a guy that I'm, they've not lost, but I'm assuming may not be playing football maybe ever again uh, down there in new Orleans. I'm not sure you're, you're ever going to see, um, uh, uh, well, I'm blanking on too Kamara? many names. Thank you. Yes. I'm not sure you're ever going to see him play football again. If you do, I kind of think his court case is going to keep him off the field this year. Enter Jameer Gibbs. I think that he's a really, really nice running back prospect. He's not close to Bijan, in my opinion, but he was he was your sleeper at the draft, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, I think that he's a guy that will surprise some folks going in the first round. Kalijah Cansey to the Eagles is them going with a steal, in my opinion. This is the guy that coming out of the combine, folks were like, kind of looks a little like Aaron Donald did coming out of college not saying he's aaron donald not saying that but 6'1 281 and he ran a 467 at 281 pounds he broke the record in the 40 yard dash for his position and he's a little undersized for a interior defensive lineman and he's got sub 31 inch arms he he he's going to be really impossible to block i think he's just so freaky an athlete and i think his combine performance Firmly gets him in to the first round. I would be kind of surprised if he doesn't end up going in the first round. Then rounding things out here, Will McDonald, the fifth, or fifth, what? Roman numerals. Roman numerals. Fourth. Will McDonald out of, um, uh, uh, why am I blanking? Iowa State. Thank you. Iowa State, six foot three, 238, or 239, rather. He, he got to the combine, and I was pretty impressed. Um, yeah, I'm just looking through my notes here. 11 foot broad jump that that was that was very good for his for his uh, position and size. He he was a red shirt freshman, so he's a little bit older, almost 24 years old. But I just you watch the tape on this guy. If there's a guy that I'm buying in this first round because of their tape and their tape alone, it's Will McDonald the the fourth. Uh, I think that he is a guy that is going to end up sneaking into the first round, even though he's seen as maybe a fringe first rounder, early second rounder, according to most. I think that he's a first rounder. I think the Chiefs end up getting away with kind of highway robbery here and getting a really nice edge rusher to complement what they need. Uh, they complement the guys they have already. They need to bolster their edge department. And I think 
McDonald the fourth is the guy to do the job. All right. These are the last uh, six, seven picks here, JT. Any thoughts? Yeah, my only thought is at the end of here is that it's kind of just the thought of the whole first round. I think it's a very well put together mock draft. However, what's missing is the two guys out of Clemson, both Miles Murphy and Brian Brissy. Both do not make it into your first round mock. Any thoughts I just on them? I can't get excited for the for these these uh, Tiger Tiger boys on the defensive line. I can't do it. The, the, I, their tape is just kind of confusing to me, and their measurements were meh. They'll end up being good players, and at least one of them will probably go in the first round. I'm, I won't be surprised prize if both of them go in the first round doesn't mean that i think that they're worth going in the first round that's why i haven't bumped out but they'd definitely be one of the first five or ten picks off the board on friday no doubt and that everybody is easton freezes mock draft 1.0 picks yes one it is and with that we get to move on to the fun part of the episode yes. even more fun oh. part we buried the lead a little bit here yes if you're, if you're just skipping ahead based on the timestamps, welcome welcome to the show we are going through the titans mock draft seven round mock i went through every single pick i even made a trade in here and there's a, a reason behind that that i'll explain but jt let's start with the first one we've already addressed who my first pick is it's pierce karonsky out of northwestern the 11th overall selection we've got his pf if you're watching on youtube you're if you're not watching on youtube you're really missing out we've got his graphics here as well as a very funny cutout of him looking a little bit younger than he ends up looking today um Skaronsky is a guy that we've talked about a lot, so I won't beat a dead horse here. We're going to continue to talk about him as we get close to the draft. I think Titans fans just need to get ready for the possibility of Skaronsky being that guy at 11. And for that reason, with Paris Johnson Jr. gone on the board on my mock draft, and I think pretty likely to be gone by the time the Titans get around to picking at 11, I think Skaronsky is the guy they go with. And I think that they play him in camp at left tackle left guard alongside Andre Dillard have them mix and match and then go with the best guy worst case scenario with Skaronsky in my opinion you got a generational guard talent best case he's as dominant at tackle as he was in college JT your thoughts yeah I don't really disagree with you there I think it's a smart way to go of course you still have that hole on the left side of the line that Peter Skronsky or Andre Dillard would fill perfectly. I think it fills a need to solidify a good offensive line for the Titans, at least that, that kind of just doubles and triples over the talent that the line last year had. I think it's a perfect first round pick and you still got to address some offensive weapons later in the draft and some defensive holes, but you're going with probably the best lineman in the draft oh yeah you can't you can't be mad about that no all right so we've talked about him twice now we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the the next pick here yeah so the so the titans will be picking in the second round at pick 41 and with your second round selection the titans will be taking darnell washington the tight end out of georgia yeah this is the pick uh that titans fans i think would be most excited about if they were to make it I think what's going to stymie this one is him not being on the board anymore at 41. I hate to burst your bubble, but Titans fans aren't the only ones that are really, really excited about Darnell Washington out of Georgia. There's a lot of folks that are really excited about him. I've got his mock draftable web up right here, looking at the percentiles for his measurements. I mean, it's just everything is, is stud material. 93rd percentile height, 85th percentile weight, 98th percentile wingspan, 91st percentile arm length. 98th percentile hand size, 97th percentile 20-yard shuttle, 
86th percentile broad jump. Like this dude has it all, even almost a 90, a 79 percentile 40 yard dash for a guy who is pause for effect. Make sure I get this number right. Ah, yes. 66264 playing tight end. Now, okay, he's just an inline blocker, right? Wrong. Go look up his combine footage. That's all you need to know this guy can catch. There's a very famous photo of him on the sideline at the combine in his underwear at the Underwear Olympics right in front of us making a stupid catch that caught everybody's attention and proved, hey, this guy's going to be, yet again, a true dual threat. And that's exactly what the Titans are looking for. We've been talking about this. They need a guy that is Chigakonkwo and an inline blocker like a maybe a former Titan set end who I won't name the Titans fans really don't want the Titans to bring back. Um, that that can can be both of those guys in one. Be both of those guys in one. Be a true inline blocker. Be a, 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 an extra an extra lineman on the field when you need to run the ball. But also be a guy that can run out and, and catch catch a pass. Be a true Rob Gronkowski. If there's a guy that's a Rob Gronkowski in this draft, from a size standpoint, it's Darnell Washington. This guy's got it all. I think that he's going to be a stud, and I think that he's going to be gone by the time the Titans get to uh, drafting in the second round. But if he's there at 41, run the card up. Don't walk, run. In the third round, you have the Titans making a move here. So the Titans will be trading the 72nd pick to San Francisco for both of their third round picks pick 399 and then pick 3101 which is one of the comp picks they got in this year's handout of the compensatory picks and with that first pick at third round number 99 overall they take break wow Blake Freeland offensive tackled over in BYU this was a guy at the combine that we really liked and he kind of set the world on fire breaking a bunch of records jumping higher than guys like aj brown stefan diggs a couple of guys that you probably are very aware with but easton you're really high on this guy as well yeah freeland i'm, I'm doing my brian winhorst fingers here if you're not watching on youtube why would the titans make this move let's talk about the trade first so i've got them trading 3.72 the 72nd pick for the 99th and the 101st pick san francisco has three compensatory third-round picks right in that area at the end of the third round that I'd imagine they're probably going to be setting aside at the very least to say, if we got a guy we want to move up for, we're going to package some of these and move up. Where did Rand Carthen used to work? With the 49ers. Got a great relationship with with the GM over there, G, GM John Lynch. I could totally see him saying, we need more capital this year. We need some more picks, as I think that they do. Let's move back in the third round. Let them move up and get their guy, whoever that may be. Kind of a wasteland in terms of offensive players that the Titans should be looking for, in my opinion, in that early to mid third round. Late third round, there's some value that I really like. And one of those guys is Blake Freeland. Tackle out of BYU. Now, will he end up being a tackle? Maybe. Probably not. His arm length is only 37th percentile. Um, that's 33 and 7 eighths inches. Now, the benchmark traditionally is 34 inches. So he's right at it. Usually that's fine. But the rest of his measurements, size-wise, don't really translate as a tackle, right? 12th percentile weight, um, 45th percentile hands. His height does translate to being a tackle, but the weight doesn't. So you can't you can't be – I mean, he's, he's 302 pounds, very light. But he's an eighth of an inch away from being six foot eight. The dude is huge. 92nd percentile height, 
12th percentile weight. That is a leaning tower of Pisa that at the tackle position, unless he just has awesome form and is able to get really low, I'm not sure I can see him at tackle. Maybe he can be, though, because he did it in college with some success, and I really liked him in his movement abilities. I'll say this at the combine, just eye test. This is not analytically based at all. We're watching the tackle groups go. And one of the only guys in the riffraff of the guys that weren't the, the folks whose names you recognize, the top four or five guys, he was one of the only folks out there that looked like he belonged. Just visually, and I don't know if you agree or not, JT, but visually, he caught my eye and I'm like, the, the way that guy moves, the way he runs, the power, the velocity, the ferocity of the way that he operates on the field, that looks like a guy that belongs in the A group and not with the riffraff. And so I go and I watch the tape and the tape kind of dictates the same thing to me. I think this is a guy that could be an absolute sleeper pick for somebody as either a guard or a tackle. So for that reason, I have the Titans going with him and they've solidified two offensive linemen that I think are going to be future starters with their first three picks, both of which have versatility, which has been one of the key vocabulary words of the Titans offseason so far. The Rand Carthen Mike Vrabel era has started off with Oh, that, that was for me. Sorry. This is for you. Uh, cooper- collaboration. Collaboration. And the number two is versatility. versatility. And this is a versatile group of linemen that I think the Titans will have an eye on for sure. Um, we can go ahead and move on to the second of their traded picks. Just two picks later, JT. Yeah, so they also get some more help here on the offensive side of the ball. So all four picks that the Titans have had so far are on the offensive side of the ball. And with the 101 pick in the third round, they take A.T. Perry, a wide receiver, out of Wake Forest. Easton, this wasn't a, really a guy that I had my eyes on at the Combine, but in the past couple of weeks, he has become someone that you are really interested in. Yes, A.T. Perry is a guy that you may have had your eye on at the Combine. Hand up. I did not. I have, however, kind of stumbled into him in the weeks since then. And as I was putting together this mock draft, looking for value there at 101, I really wanted to finally get a receiver on the board for the Titans. I started digging into him on a Tuesday morning, I think. And I was planning on making this just part of my morning activities. It ended up being an A.T. Perry film session lasted like an hour or two where I was going through a deep dive of A.T. Perry. And it became just looking up like articles, trying to get in the minds of some of these national mock draft, you know, draft analysts wondering at the end of my tape and general studies on at perry session why is this guy not getting more attention why is he not getting more play in a draft class at the wide receiver position that is so bereft of size at perry is one of the very few guys that has that size and speed combination you're looking for six foot three 198 pounds 447 speed so he's got a 42nd percentile height fine a um or excuse me a 40, 87th percentile height very good 42nd percentile weight totally fine he's right at around 200 pounds i'm cool with that he's got an 84 percentile arm length really really awesome arm length 33 and a fourth inch arm so he can go up and get the ball Vert- vertical jump 40 yard dash all fine uh 10 yard split not as explosive necessarily as you might like but his broad jump that's where you get the explosiveness. So those two are kind of in uh, conflict with one, one another. I would lean broad jump over 10-yard split. 
um, for explosiveness, but at the wide receiver position, that get off that first 10 yards is important. I understand that. With Perry, I just think if you're looking for a guy that is a combination um, of what the Titans are looking for in a little bit more speed, but also a guy that's not going to be so small that he's smothered by a defense and really isn't, or maybe is, is injury prone or whatever. A.T. Perry is that guy in the third round. And at the 101st pick, I love the value of Perry. I think that he's a guy that could easily be another very versatile player. He could play as an X receiver. You could play him as a Y receiver. You may could even play him as a Z, although at that size, it probably wouldn't be all that often. But him alongside uh, Traylon Burks, frankly, what he reminded me of, not necessarily from a play style standpoint, but just watching him and envisioning in my mind, could I see him lining up opposite Traylon Burks going forward. I just saw AJ Brown and Corey Davis, and I saw the Corey Davis and AT Perry. I think that he's a willing blocker. I think that he's a capable blocker. I think that he's he's got great play strength. Uh, he's a redshirt junior, so he's he's not even twenty three and a half years old. Not the youngest guy, but certainly not too old to concern you. I like AT Perry a lot. And if you're looking for a value size option, which is very very rare in this draft, JT. I mean, we've gone through the numbers there are no big guys this is one of the few exceptions and for that reason frankly i'm kind of going to be surprised if he's there at 101 it wouldn't shock me if he went at like 75th overall because somebody falls in love with that big body receiver moving on here as the titans do not have a fourth round pick but they come back in the fifth and with the one shout out julio jones by the way the atlanta they... falcons will be making that fourth round pick for you titans fans the Titans are taking a second tight end in this draft, going with Payne Durham, a tight end out of Purdue. Now, Easton, this is one that, as you kind of teased this mock this mock draft last week, kind of got you a little flack here, saying taking two tight ends here in the in the in the 2023 draft. What what's your reasoning? Well, you have the floor now. Well, so here's the thing. I thought long and hard about trying to get a couple of receivers before I got a couple of tight ends. But you have to consider what's available on the board. And at 147, the wide receiver talent is just kind of lacking. It's quite small or quite slow, in some cases both. With Payne Durham, I just love the depth. I think the 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 the, the day three value at the tight end position in this draft is so much higher than the day three value at wide receiver because it's such a deeper group of tight ends. And I think a guy like Payne Durham, who I was put on to, full credit, we're all part of the Payne Durham hive now, thanks to our buddy Zach Lyons over at Football and Other F-Words and our buddy Stoney Keeley over at Sobros Network. They went to the Senior Bowl in Mobile in February. Payne Durham, they fell in love with. They told us about him on our show, and since then, they compelled me to go and do some digging on him. I like him a lot as a day three option for an offensive. Think about it this way, Titans fans. It's not a tight end instead of a receiver. It's another offensive weapon. It's another guy that you can you can count on. I think you can count on Payne Durham, again, as one of those guys that could be a, a true inline blocker. I mean, he's 6'6". He's got the height for it. 253. Let's put let's, let's get him in the NFL. Let's put a couple pounds on him. 487 speed is, is totally fine. Um, we can look at the percentiles on mock draftable. He's got a 73rd percentile 10-yard split. Very important for route runners. His height, 79th percentile, weight, 52nd. Uh, again, if he's going to be that true inline blocking threat, I like him to be bigger. But if you got him and Darnell Washington, it's really an it's it is a totally not ever going to happen because it's too perfect. It's the perfect room of tight ends, right? Because you have the not really an inline blocker, but a true 
receiving threat in Chigakonkwo. And then you have Payne Durham. He's the tweener, right? He can he can be an inline blocker or a receiver, probably leaning more towards receiver, not quite as big-bodied. And then you've got Darnell Washington, who is that big boy inline blocking tight end, but all three have receiving ability. So if you're still rocking with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, as we expect the Titans to be doing in August, you've got three guys who can be on the field two at a time, maybe even three at a time. If some of them, if Chigakonkwo turns into the wide receiver two for this team, which he's liable to become. If we think that the Prince that was promised Chigakonkwo takes his second year leap after a really nice rookie campaign, you could see a world in which finally, finally the Titans have a tight end room that is good enough to have a, 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 a first down in which you don't know whether or not they're going to run or pass the ball based on who the personnel is on the field. And that's the ideal that I'm trying to achieve here. Now, in reality, not going to happen for a number of reasons. Chief among them, in my opinion, I don't think Mike Gribble is the kind of guy to sign up for a tight end room, which involves... I mean, tight end is one of the harder positions because you have to be kind of a jack of all trades. You need to be able to know what your role is on the line as a blocker, as well as your role as a pass catcher and be able to run routes and, and know the schemes. That's difficult. And so usually tight end is one of the positions that takes longer to come along. And for that reason, I don't think he wants three guys in that tight end room, the oldest of which is Chigakonkwo, who's entering his second year. But if Payne Durham is there and you you missed out on maybe you missed out on Darnell Washington or they went with a Josh Downs or something like that in the second round or a, another lineman or maybe they they're the best corner available whatever they end up doing if they haven't gotten a tight end in this draft by the what is this the, their fifth round pick at one forty seven Payne Durham if he's still on the board love love him as an option I think that he's a really talented guy that stood out at the Senior Bowl stood out at the Combine I think he'll stand out in the NFL. Moving on to the sixth round here, the Titans finally get on the board with some defensive depth help here, going with Yasir Abdullah, an edge defender out of Louisville. You, What are your thoughts on him? So Yasir Abdullah is a guy that is, I think, a, a, a day three player that's going to be a, a nice value for somebody. It's the first defender I went with in the Titans mock draft. Now, in reality, again, this is... I, I'll get more and more realistic, I think, with my mock drafts as I go, as we get to mock draft 2.0 and 3.0. But in this one, I'm kind of just going with what I would want to do right now. Mike Vrabel is not going to get to the sixth round of the draft without picking a defender. Okay, you can just go ahead, and I, I think you can put it in stone. It may not make sense. It may, it may be counter to all logic. But Mike Vrabel is not going to get through five or six draft picks without taking a defender. It just ain't happening. I mean, it's happened in the past. Well, last year, they go corner in the second round. Everybody's like, hey, Roger McCreary had an Aubrey Yate, a nice year in the SEC. Like, why? They need they need linemen. They need receivers. They need talent at other positions. Why are we? They do it all the time. It's the Mike, it's the Mike Rables thing. He's a defender. I get it. Defensive head coach. Cool. Yusir Abdullah out of Louisville. 6'1", 237. Height and weight for an edge player, not great. He's also on the older side. Well, actually, no, I, I lied. I, I thought that he was older. In my notes I have here that he's older, i got to change that because he's a senior, but he's only 22.9 years old. So he's not even 23 as a senior. 447 speed, very nice speed. His 40-yard dash for edge players is the 98th percentile. His entire web on Mock Draftable, JT, is just one side. It's like just a whole <laughs> web of just 
yanked it over here because his broad jump is 96th percentile, vertical 83rd percentile, 40 yard dash 98th percentile, 10 yard split 93rd percentile. And then the other measurements are height. It's so small I can't even read it because it's so close. Second percentile, weight second percentile, arm length 10th percentile, hand size 12th percentile. So size wise not the the prototype of an edge and that's why he's going to be available in the late sixth round but from a freaky athlete standpoint dude's got it and it whether or not he plays edge in the nfl or maybe they decide to make him more of an off-ball linebacker he's got the traits to be a really talented defender i watched some of his i'll be honest i hadn't watched jasir abdullah tape until i considered him as an option for this mock draft but i did watch a game or two of his and I was really impressed. I thought that he had some really nice stuff to show. If you're looking for a flyer, because let's let's be honest, at this point, when you get to the back half of the sixth round, maybe even the front half of the sixth round, you're taking flyers on guys. Sometimes it's based on traits. Sometimes it's based on how you want to maybe with the Yersir Abdullah. Maybe you see him and you're like, I'm going to move him. I'm going to change his position. Maybe it's because the tape just, you think the tape does not lie. I think for Yasir, the the freaky athleticism, his his freaky freaky burst, for the position and for his size is really, really nice. And it's going to be the kind of thing that entices a team to take a flyer on him in the sixth round. So that's the first defender off the board that I gave to the Titans. And with the final pick in the 2023 NFL draft for the Titans in round seven, number 228, the Titans take Javarius Owens, safety out of Houston. Now, this is a guy, of course, with all these guys in the seventh round, you got to take a flyer on a guy. These are going to be a lot more developmental guys. What do you see in Javarius Owens? So, Javarius Owens is six foot 195. Again, we're taking flyers at this point, right? We're in deep into the seventh, or not deep into, but we're in the seventh round. We're at the tail end of the draft with Owens. Like I said, six foot 195, height and weight, small for his position, for his safety. I was really looking for the best safety available here. If there was one pick in this draft that doesn't fit super well and probably won't happen, it's this one because he's certainly not the best player available here. But I think that he is the best safety available here. He's a senior safety out of Houston. He's got some really nice burst to him, which I think the Titans could use back there alongside, hopefully, Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker. 78th percentile broad jump, 76th percentile vertical jump. Again, his height and weight are on the lower side. His weight in particular, 11th percentile, but we can bulk him up. We can get some Wheaties in him, get him over 200, get him to 210, 215. Height, 34th percentile. No change in that unless we're going to put some insoles in. Um, but his broad jump and vertical jump are are things that, in his arm length, I really like his ability to, to reach despite his height being only six foot. That's the benchmark for me. I want I want six foot or more in the secondary. That's just a personal preference. His arm length makes up for it a little bit. That's 63rd percentile, 32-inch arms. I think that he could be a really nice corner. I don't know if he's necessarily a cover corner. We don't have his speed measurements available. I don't think that he was invited to the combine. If he was, I missed him and he didn't get to run. We'll have some pro day numbers eventually on him. But he uh, has got some explosive elements to him. Again, high percentile broad jump, high percentile vertical jump. And I think that he's a guy that you could take, again, a traits flyer on for safety in the seventh round. So that's going to round it out, if I'm not mistaken, JT. Is that yeah, the that's full... going to gonna do it. So let's run down this seven-round Titans mock draft here real quick. So with the first pick at number 11, the Titans will take Peter Skaronsky, offensive lineman from Northwestern. In the second round, they'll take Darnell Washington, a tight end out of Georgia. 
the third round, they'll trade the 72nd overall pick for picks 399 and 3101 and take Blake Freeland, offensive tackle out of BYU, and A.T. Perry, a wide receiver from Wake Forest. In round five at 147, they'll take Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. In round six at 186, they finally take a defensive guy in Yasir Abdullah, edge defender out of edge defender out of Louisville. And at 228, they take Gervarius Owens, safety out of Houston. Yes, and that's going to round out my first mock draft ever that I've published. Super excited about it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. A little bit longer, but we went into detail on a lot of guys. Hopefully you learned a thing or two. And uh, again, I'd like to do this every two weeks leading up to the draft. So hopefully we'll have a 2.0 in a week, in a couple weeks. And we'll have a 3.0 when we get real close to the draft. And then we will get into the real deal, which I'm super excited for, obviously. We've got just a couple of housekeeping things before you go. Please don't leave. We've got a new review. New review in. New review has dropped, JT. And I've not actually read it yet. So I decided I'm going to, you let me know that there's a new review. It's a very kind review. Um, and so I decided I'm going to cold read it here. But it is a review that is a submission, and we're postponing our horseman decision until Friday because we've got a number of applicants that we're going through here. One came via the reviews. And listen, folks, if you're at home and you want to be one of the four horsemen of the hot read hot read apocalypse. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Ooh, it's I, I was gonna say the hot read podcast apocalypse, but it's really the hot read apocalypse. That's what we're going with because that's brilliant. You gotta you gotta entice us in certain ways. I may or may not have given up my phone number a couple episodes ago. If you're looking to get a phone number to text me, that's a possibility. It's a good way to win my heart over. The one person who texted me did win my heart over, but now we got a review, and that wins my heart heart over even more. Um Wow, we have two new reviews. Did you notice this? No, I didn't. We have two. So we'll start with this first one. The fourth horse the fourth horseman application from Wednesday from Digambo. D-I-G-A-M-B-O. Digamo? Digimo? I don't know. Update. Since I started listening to this pod, it has aggressively gotten better. Agreed. There were some rough ones at the beginning. I have yet to miss an episode even back from the Titans 10 days. Bless you for that. Um because I feel this pod gives the best info in a succinct manner, even though they never stay within the time parameters Easton gives himself. It's true. You can just take whatever I say at the top of the episode and add 30 minutes. Although today, JT, I stayed with I stayed within our time today. I said an hour and a half. We're right at an hour and a half. So it's okay. Yep. Um, keep up the good work. Uh, looks like, yeah, at, at, on Twitter, Brown Boy Travels. So, hey, we're shouting you out. Everybody, hundreds of listeners to this show, go follow brown boy travels on twitter and then on instagram brown boy traveler with two l's in traveler no caps in any of those go follow our guy we will make sure that i and jt and the hot read podcast are following you there appreciate you giving us a review it's very helpful and if those of you listening want to get shouted out want to get follows want us to send our army of people to follow you this is the way to get the way to get it he went on to say, the Hot Read is probably one of my favorite Titans-related podcasts to listen to now from when it was the Titans 10 to now Hot Read. Easton, JT, and the team do a great job breaking down Titans information to make it easy to ingest and understand. It's a great starter podcast if you're new to the Titans scene. It's also great for veteran fans that just want to be involved in the Titans outside of game day. Thank you for what you do. Hashtag Titan Up. JT, we got to hire this guy to write ads for us. That was a fantastic uh, appraisal of our show. Totally unfair. Way too kind. Thank you very much for the kind words. Even if you're kissing our butt, you know what? I like a little little butt kiss. Yeah, I like to get my butt kissed a little bit. You know, sometimes you do a little, a little sucking up. 
That's, it's understandable. You, you like you like to be you, the ego stroked a little bit. So we appreciate you there. The second review, I love this one because it pits us by name against other Titans related podcasts, Nashville podcasts. This one from Viking Dad underscore four. Thank you so much for reviewing and leaving a five star review. Titled "Show is Amazing." Love the start. If you would rank your show and other podcasts, it would be number one, the Hot Read Podcast. Number two, Locked on Titans. Number three, Talking with TD. And everything else is just filler, baby. Jared Stillman is a clown. Love it. The only thing better or right up there with your podcast is watching Dennis Daly getting trucked by defenders and then listening to John Robinson saying he's great. Oh, and the, the beats are on point. Hey, shout out our guy, our, our good friend, Chris, who puts together those. That music is not, we don't just go on the internet and find real music, man. That is custom tailored to us. Shout out Chris Wiper. If you're looking for good music great solo artist by the way best singer i personally know and i know a lot of, i know a lot of good singers i don't know if you would agree or not jt oh uh, yeah i i would that okay was all right you second thank you but yes yeah he said love you guys and keep up the amazing work that's awesome i don't think we've ever had two reviews to read on the show so that's very cool thank you so much for those reviews we will make sure to get through all your horseman applications so if you want to be a horseman of the show you've got to apply you got a couple days left maybe on friday maybe on wednesday we'll see when we get to that um, but today's show is Tuesday. Tomorrow and Wednesday, we do have a show back to regular schedule. Not sure what we're going to talk about. Probably just news and recapping what's been going on in the past six or seven days we've not gotten to. Then on Friday, we'll be back. Really have no idea what we're going to talk about then, but it'll be great. So you want to tune in then, Wednesday morning, Friday morning. This show will be back. Until then, I'm Easton Freeze for Producer JT. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh-huh.